This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, August 3rd, 2020. Yes, we have new music, so get your glow sticks out, kids. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. There's a lot to get into. Steve, let's start with Ohio State getting a commitment from the number one ranked recruit in the state of Ohio in the 2022 class. He is Gabe Powers from Marysville right here in the Columbus area. Gabe is also ranked as the number two outside linebacker in the country and the number 45 overall player in the country in the 2022 class. The Buckeyes now have four commits in that 2022 class very early, but ranked number two in the country for kids entering their junior season this year. Steve, what a great get. Ryan Day and this train just keeps rolling on. Yeah, no question about it, Dave. And uh, that was good news Saturday night. Bill Kerlick was all over it, obviously, with the announcement. And then uh, – a story about the impact and also the Twitter reaction from other prospects. And, you know, it's just kind of a psychological thing as much as anything. They got uh, Jack Sawyer, the top player in the 2021 class in Ohio out of Pickerington North a couple of years ago. And now you add the top player in Ohio for 2022, Gabe Powers from Marysville, a linebacker prospect, uh, 6'4", 220 pounds, right out of central casting. It sounds to me like kind of a Sam Hubbard type to where if he could put another 20 to 40 pounds on his frame, maybe even more, he moves down to play defensive end. It could be one of those big raw bone defensive ends who Ohio State has uh, just done great things with here in recent years. Or perhaps he plays the outside linebacker position. Perhaps he plays middle linebacker. The interesting thing Obviously, Ohio State's got, I think, four scholarship linebackers who are seniors and three more who are juniors. So that position group in and of itself with Al Washington, the position coach, needs a lot of help. And I think uh, particularly when you see seven of the 10 or 11 guys that are on scholarship will be gone after next season, you understand the urgency there to kind of rebuild the wealth the depth, I'm sorry, and uh, to have Gabe Powers be that guy, a number one player in Ohio, a tremendous coup certainly for the Buckeyes at this early stage. And uh, he would not sign, obviously, until uh, December of 2021 at the earliest. So a good ways out. But as we said, a good building block for the Buckeyes to build around in that 2022 class. And uh, everybody had offered Gabe Powers. He had his choice of places to go. And uh, ultimately, it was Ohio State plays at Marysville, which uh, people familiar with their geography, right up Route 33, 
uh, about 20 miles, uh, maybe 25, 30 miles from the Ohio State campus. And uh, just outside the outer belt, they play in the OCC, which is one of the uh, best leagues for football in the state of Ohio, obviously playing the likes of the Hilliard schools, the Dublin schools, those types, and uh, certainly Marysville uh, right there in the mix with that. So uh, exciting to see uh, Gabe Powers become an Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah, welcome aboard Gabe Powers. Not a big surprise. We kind of figured he'd be a Buckeye, but still a great get for Ohio State. All right, Steve, let's switch gears. I want to get into the Big Ten schedule. What you think might happen with the Big Ten schedule, when you think we might find out. I know there's a lot of variables at play here. Hopefully we'll hear something this week. What's the latest you've heard? What's your vibe here? Like, what do you think the schedule will look like for Big Ten teams? you think it'll be 10-game schedule with like two or three buys? And when do you think we're going to find out, Steve? Well, I think everyone's hopeful that we'll get it sometime this week. There was talk that perhaps as soon as last Friday, they would have had it. And, uh, you know, to put something like this together on very short notice, I'm sure is very difficult. Uh, They were going to take, it sounded like, the nine opponents that every school had and uh, use that as a basis. Not necessarily the dates as scheduled, though, because Ohio State wasn't scheduled to play its Big Ten opener against Rutgers till later in the month of September, whereas some schools, I think Wisconsin was opening with uh, Indiana on the weekend of September the 5th, so they want to spread things out evenly. Uh, there was a lot of talk about maybe playing a couple of the crossover games first, then ripping through your division, as many of those as possible, and making sure that your rivalry game gets played in September or October uh, that way you uh, you know that it's been played. So I saw the Pac-12 is opening late September, and USC and UCLA, traditionally one of the later games, would be uh, the opening game, which is kind of interesting, kind of the Daytona 500 format <laughs> where you play the Super Bowl uh, as the first game of the season. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I guess um, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. The, those are some of my thoughts. Again, we're just trying to pr- to uh, protect some modicum of a regular season. I saw there was a story from Old Miss where their athletic director says playing 10 conference games for some of us, quote, unquote, who are down the line, those aren't his words, those are mine, makes it hard to build a program. I'm like, bro, <laughs> how about extinction? <laughs> You know, I mean, come on, join us here in 2020. The only point to this thing is having some modicum of a regular season so you keep those big TV dollars coming in. This has nothing to do with you having a competitive program. This is about surviving the year 2020 so that, the and I say we all have jobs in 2021. That's what this is all about. Yeah, it's just so interesting. I thought we'd hear something by now. Um you just think they're just trying to get, like you said, they're trying to get their ducks in a row here. Like, why do you think we're seeing these other conferences get their act together and the Big Ten's kind of lagging behind here? Because usually it seems like the Big Ten has kind of been leading the charge through some of these early decisions through this pandemic. Yeah, they were the first ones to say they were going to be doing the 10-game season, and yet we haven't seen the schedule yet. The ACC followed suit and came up with the schedule in pretty pretty fast order, it seems like. Um, I don't know other than to say it's a jigsaw puzzle and with working with their TV partners on this, uh, they're probably 
just doing the best they can. I've I've kind of been uh, very opinionated about this. This is the first time in recorded history we're going to get a schedule when we know one of the teams is ranked number one in the country, and that's Ohio State. Do they put a lot of obstacles in their way, make them have to go play at Wisconsin or at Minnesota, or will it be a softer touch with that other crossover game like Northwestern or something? Uh, to kind of preserve their bid for a national championship. And, and they can be accused of that as well, if that's how it, it turns out. Last year, we saw they stacked Penn State, Michigan, and then, of course, Ohio State had to play Wisconsin the third week in a row in the Big Ten championship and had very little left in the tank and was getting blown out at halftime and, and had to make a huge comeback in the second half to win that game. So, um you know, do do they stack the schedule against Ohio State? Do they help Ohio State? To me, that's a curiosity. Steve, I don't know if you saw this story with uh, – an interesting case with Damon Payne Jr., who's the number one player in the state of Michigan for the 2021 class. And, you know, he's the number one defensive tackle in the country, number 14 overall player in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. So a big-time – recruit as far as the rankings now to my understanding Larry Johnson and Ohio State never really pursued him very hard so that's interesting to me you got supposedly the best defensive tackle in the country you know in a border state you don't even really recruit him so that's interesting and everybody kind of figured he was going to go to Michigan you know his dad's a big Michigan fan and apparently I don't know a lot about this but I just read about this over the weekend there is you know there's some beef between Jim Harbaugh and the head coach at Belleville Michigan High School, Jermaine Crowell, and that's where Damon Payne Jr. goes, is Belleville High School. Apparently, there's been some bad beef that's been building, and it, it perhaps reached ahead here. What's interesting, though, you have Alabama, who, you know, kind of the king of college football over the last, whatever, you know, 10, 15 years, with Clemson right there and Ohio State not too far behind. I mean, he's good enough to play at Bama, but apparently Michigan completely stopped recruiting him. His dad was quoted in the Detroit Free Press, you know, very disappointed about it. Now, there's always two sides to every story. We're not able to hear Michigan's side of the story because they can't talk about recruits. Now, there's a way that reporters can get off the record stuff and, you know, kind of figure out what's going on. I don't think the, the writer from the Detroit Free Press really was interested in getting both sides of the story here. But I find this fascinating, man. If this is, you know, you got a local program in Belleville about 20 minutes away from Michigan's campus and one of the best programs in the state and the head coach there and Jim Harbaugh have a beef to the point where, Michigan's not recruiting that school. That's If that's true, that's pretty damn interesting. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, obviously, we're during a pandemic as well. They said that basically once the pandemic uh, hit, uh, that all communication had been cut off. And I don't know if the coach had rubbed them the wrong way. I know that he had become very close with a couple of the assistant coaches um, who Harbaugh had retained from the Brady Hoke staff but within uh, two or three years, those guys had left the program, and now maybe this guy feels um, slighted or disenfranchised a little bit uh, by Jim Harbaugh, who won't come over and, and kiss his ring. Belleville, they say, is 18 miles from Ann Arbor. Uh, they've gone 34-3 and three in the last, uh, whatever it be, two or three years. So they have won a bunch of football games and produced some talent and now have a five-star player and Michigan doesn't make a bid for him. Uh, Michigan's not good enough right now to take a pass on a kid 18 miles from the campus who could help win you a championship. Uh, you know, maybe there is more to this story that we don't know. Uh, there's always two sides, as you said, to every story. 
but uh, you know they're cutting their nose off to spite their face right now, if that's what uh, what is being reported is true, and it's Alabama's gain, and it's going to be the gain of other programs as well. You know, this sounds, and I'm not saying these coaches ever had any acrimony, but you know, like a Ted Ginn or a Maurice Douglas, uh, guys here in the state of Ohio who have uh, put together great resumes, great programs and produced a lot of talent, and Ohio State, in many cases, was in position to milk that talent, and, uh, you know, this guy worked for Thomas Wilcher at Cass Tech. Cass Tech has sent players to Ohio State uh, before, as well as, obviously, uh, other places, and Wilcher was a former Michigan uh, running back, played with Jim Harbaugh, and uh, Crowell, uh, you know, worked for him for a while, then branched out on his own as a head coach at Belleville, and you would think there would be natural ties there, but apparently uh, there's not. And, uh, you know, to me, I think this is incumbent on Jim Harbaugh being the bigger man. You're the, you're the college head coach. You're the one who needs to uh, smooth out these issues. And, uh, you know, you're not good enough right now to just poo-poo players from right there in your backyard. That's my impression of it. That's if I was a Michigan fan, I would be demanding it. Yeah, it's again, he's good enough to play at Alabama, but not good enough to play at Michigan. It's just the whole thing. Is and it's just not like Michigan's not not like Michigan's knocking them dead, Dave. I mean, we know that. No, I think they've beaten Ohio State uh, once since 2003. So yeah, I don't like think I know. Years. And that was the Luke yeah. Fickle year where, yeah, that 2011 season. They even had a chance of winning that game. Braxton Miller played his butt off as a true freshman and barely overthrew yeah. Devere Posey. I don't blame Braxton at all. That's just – I'm just saying, if they complete that bomb, Ohio State probably wins that game, which is crazy. No, I mean, man, they've just absolutely dominated this rivalry. It's it's absolutely crazy. Eight in a row, but like 15 and one. Uh, just never thought I'd see the day, and I am loving it. Let's just keep that going. All right, last thing. Trey Sermon will wear the number eight for anybody wondering where the Oklahoma – what number the Oklahoma transfer running back would wear for the Buckeyes at his number eight. He wore the number four for the Sooners, so he is doubling his pleasure wearing the number eight. Steve, what do you expect from Trey Sermon this year? I'm excited to see what he can give if he's healthy. I think obviously last year there were health issues even when he was in the lineup, and then obviously he had to shut it down late in the season, miss some of the late season games uh, when he was uh, really banged up. So, uh, to me, I think Ohio State fans are hopeful of seeing him at full strength because he could be a pass catcher. He could be a ball carrier. He can do so many different things for you and uh, really kind of bridge the gap until Master Tig uh, is able to get back in there. We have no idea where his rehab is coming. It seemed like Sermon was full go over the summer. They would send you some social media drips and drabs uh, from uh, him working out and different things like that. So, you know, it was interesting, um, the timing of this, how it all kind of worked out. Master Teague was injured on the very first day of spring practice in early March. And within a week or two, they were out there on the aftermarket uh, searching under every rock for somebody, you know, to come in and help them. And Trey Sermon kind of fell in their lap. So, uh what a, a ready-made situation to have two guys that caliber ready to go if they're both healthy. And uh, to me, that's the big thing. Can he stay healthy and can he deliver a, a big year for the Buckeyes? And it'll be interesting if they're both healthy, how do they split the load? 
that can be a positive or it can be a negative, depending on how the guys handle that situation. Does one of them go off and pout and the other one becomes a star or do they work hand in hand and uh, maybe even have some sets where they play together in some situations. And I'm interested, I'm excited. And uh, for Ryan Day to have uh, weapons of this caliber at his disposal, I think you got to be excited. You know, the wide receiver group's going to be great. You know, the quarterback's the best, if not, if not the best, uh, one of the top two in the sport right now. He and Trevor Lawrence seem to be kind of neck and neck for that right now. And I think uh, if we have the season, which I'm still very optimistic that we will, that Ohio State's going to be right there with those guys. I like your optimism there. It's a good way to finish the show. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Really appreciate it, Steve. And thank you, all listeners out there, for tuning into the show. I hope everyone has a great day. Cue up the electronic dance music. Have a great day, Bucknutters. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.